Mesa County is known for its towering desert cliffs, peach orchards, and big vistas. Residents here were a tiny fraction of Americans who voted in the 2020 election. Yet this county became central to a movement to try to justify Donald Trump's unproven claim that he had won. That's because of a local official named Tina Peters. Thank you. In summer 2021, Peters got on a stage in South Dakota. She'd flown there on a private jet financed by Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow. He spent millions of dollars trying to find evidence of election rigging. In this room, he gathered activists and Republican officials from across the country. They sat at round banquet tables to listen to Peters. Something didn't seem right in our county from years ago to the 2020 election. And I said, you know what? If there's a there, there, we'll find it. Peter's job was to oversee elections in Mesa County. So she was an insider. And there was hope in that room that as Lindell's new star, she would deliver. On a big screen, they went line by line through computer data that Peter's office was supposed to be protecting. So these must be all the databases for the votes. Yep. There it is, 2020 Mesa County general election. After this appearance, Peters became somewhat of a celebrity, but it divided her home county and changed the rules for election officials in Colorado. It also helped kickstart a criminal case against Peters. In fact, at the very same time she and her allies were gathered in South Dakota, Colorado announced it was investigating Peters and the data leak. On stage, the people at the MyPillow CEO's conference realized they might be in legal trouble. Uh, we have a problem. Uh, it's just, uh, my, lawyer, my lawyer just called me. Countless people have pushed false claims that the 2020 election was stolen. Tina Peters is one of the few who might actually go to jail for it. It's important. Everybody quiet. Can you have Tina call her lawyer? This is real life right here, man. You know, 20 years from now, you're going to be telling your kids, I was there that day. It's been close to three years since this western Colorado county became part of the national discussion. The investigation into the election's data and Clerk Tina Peters has led to criminal charges. She faces 10 felony and misdemeanor charges, including that she violated her duties. Soon... Peters is scheduled to go on trial. Her story isn't just the real-life escapade of an inexperienced small county official who teamed up with the likes of Mike Lindell and Steve Bannon. She's affected how people perceive voting in western Colorado and around the country because of the platform she got. Now we're heading into another big election, 2024, Tina Peters' story tells us what to watch out for. It shows that Colorado was not equipped to handle a local official who became convinced the election was stolen. And it still may not be prepared, even now. This is Purplish, a podcast about Colorado politics, policy, and for this episode, the clerk who tried to convince the world 
that something terrible happened in Mesa County's elections. I'm Benta Berkland. Here to help me tell you this story is Stina Sieg, who covers Western Colorado. Hi, Stina. Hi, Benta. Together, we're going to give you an inside look as Tina Peters' trial is about to start. Unlike so many figures in the Stop the Steal movement, she's explained her thought process. We've collected years of audio recordings, interviews Peters has done with us and other news outlets, and scenes that happened behind closed doors that you can now hear out in the open. You'll also hear what it's cost the country and the people of Mesa County to have their clerk try to upend the U.S. election system. Tina Peters is probably the most notable case who have allowed themselves to be corrupted. And it's time now that we see accountability. As Republicans, you know, we have to step up and lead on this issue to start rebuilding public faith and confidence in our elections. Let's go back to understand what Tina Peters was like before the disputed election in 2020. When you look closely, you can see there were a lot of missed warning signs about what was to come. But when she started exploring a run for office, she didn't have a background in politics. Peters was a mom, a military mom, as she described in this interview with TV station KREX. I'm also a Gold Star mom. My son, uh, until his death in 2017, was a Navy SEAL, and um, we miss him a lot. Her son, Remington Peters, died in an accident on duty. He was part of an elite parachute jumping team. A Navy SEAL was killed after his canopy failed to open properly during a skydiving demonstration yesterday. Peter said it was devastating to lose her son this way, serving the country. And he was a big motivating factor as to why she wanted to get into politics. You know, my Navy SEAL son, in his SEAL Team 6 paperwork after he died, it says, describe your mom. And he says she fixes things. Peters also said she was motivated into politics by having survived cancer. And she ran for county clerk on her background as a small business person. I'd been a business owner for 32 years, and I wanted to find a place I could serve. But even today, it's hard to find details on what those businesses were. Still, her pitch to be clerk centered around this experience in an aspect of the clerk's office that had nothing to do with elections. I'm Tina Peters, and I'm running for Mesa County Clerk and Recorder. She ran on a platform to reform the DMV. She said she'd witnessed hours-long wait times, and she pledged to reopen locations that had been closed. And being a business owner, I could look and see some things from the outside looking in. She won the Republican primary largely on the message to shorten wait times at DMV offices. And then in the fall election, she ran unopposed, without a Democratic challenger. The first election she oversaw was in 2019, and it was rough. It made her a flashpoint in her community really early on in her tenure. We have more information about forgotten election ballots in Mesa County. The County Elections Division discovers 574 uncounted ballots from the recent November Election Day. 574 uncounted ballots. This was in the 2019 off-year election. A batch of ballots did not get counted in Mesa County. The fact that this happened and the way Peters reacted to it revealed a lot about her and whether she could really do the job of clerk. And I was there on election night in November 2019 at that ballot box. I didn't realize at the time that there was a problem, but then they discovered the ballots a few months later in February 2020. 
There was an uproar about it, and Peters promised her office would do better. I will work tirelessly to make sure that this never happens again or anything like this. What we're specifically going to do to make sure that ballots are cleared out from all the ballot boxes is we'll clear them out throughout the election, but on election night, we will come back in the morning, do it again. I asked Peters about it right after the ballots were discovered, and she told me that those missing ballots would not have changed the outcome of any race. When you discovered that, I imagine it must have been a real relief. Yes, of course. Yeah, because we do want every person's vote to count. Still, this was a big mistake. It was embarrassing. Other election officials, though, rallied around to help her when she was under all this scrutiny. I've had so many clerks reach out to me to encourage me. So there is a lot of support out there to make sure that all the moving parts keep moving properly. And and I'm very grateful for that. It's common for clerks in Colorado to provide mentoring, especially to clerks like Peters who don't have previous elections experience. I caught up with another Republican clerk, Carly Coppice, at a clerk's conference, and she talked to me about working with Peters at that time. I tried to check in with every single one of the new clerks, and she was one of them. And so I did have multiple conversations just to kind of see how things were going and how, you know, she needed help. But not everyone thought Peters responded to the help she was getting after the missing ballots incident. Matt Crane leads the Colorado County Clerks Association, and he's a former GOP clerk himself. And in his assessment of Peters, he's blunt. It was well known that Tina was a low-information clerk. She wasn't somebody who really took the time to dig in and learn election code, election statute, to understand operations and how they work. She wasn't a great manager of her team in her office. She never really took the time to learn her systems. Those are a lot of concerns. The uncounted ballots led to more scrutiny of Peters here in Mesa County, too. Her critics started to point out other things about her that bothered them. They accused Peters of remodeling her home without a permit, skirting taxes by registering a car at a different address, and sharing employees' personal information. The criticism came from Republicans, Democrats, and unaffiliated people. Some of them didn't think she was fit to be clerk anymore. They wanted to remove her. I created the recall against Tina and led the effort a bit. Amanda Polson started a recall campaign against Peters in early 2020, long before the big presidential election. Polson used to work in Mesa County's elections office. She says people from across the political spectrum signed on to the recall effort. Tina could have run as a green alien, and it wouldn't have mattered because she was failing as a clerk, not as a Republican. They collected more than 10,000 signatures, but fell short of what they needed to force a recall vote. Even though she wasn't recalled, this could have been a turning point in Peter's story. The missing ballots and the recall effort showed the public that their clerk didn't run a smooth election local people mounted a serious campaign to replace her. And for Peters herself, this was a moment she could have decided to acknowledge what she didn't know and set out to learn it. But nothing in Amanda Polson's experience told her Peters would make that choice. We absolutely expected bigger problems going forward. I remember when it was all said and done, 
we said, all right, Mesa County, she's yours now. We tried and good luck because we knew that worse was going to come. A few months after this failed recall effort, it was November 2020. Peters was still the county clerk. Time for her to oversee her first presidential election. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House. We all know what happened in the hours, days, and weeks afterwards. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. We did win this election. In Mesa County, though, Trump did great. Republicans won every race, which is common here. And despite the former president's insistence that the national election was stolen, Peters kept saying that the election in Mesa County had been run fairly. Cody Davis is a Republican and was then a newly elected county commissioner. I actually went to Clerk Peters and said, hey, there's a lot of mistrust around this election. Why don't we go back and hand count 2020? Because we are paper ballots. Let's go back, hand count the entire thing, and just prove to the people that they can't trust their elections. And it was actually Tina that talked me out of a hand count. She's the one that said we could actually trust our elections. She convinced me that our elections are completely trustworthy. But Peter's stance changed. We'll explain how when we come back. Enjoying this edition of Purplish? It's a crossover episode with another CPR podcast called Colorado In-Depth. I'm editor Rachel Estabrook. On Colorado In-Depth, we produce audio documentaries like this one, as well as investigative reporting projects from the CPR newsroom. Other episodes of Colorado In-Depth that you could check out right now dive into things like how Coloradans are treating their chronic pain, ideas for how we can live in the West as the region gets drier, and the little-known story of a Coloradan who played a part in Black history and baseball history. Find Colorado In-Depth wherever you get podcasts. In January 2021, Peter showed signs her opinion was shifting, and she suspected fraud in the national election. She still believed Mesa County wasn't part of the problem, but she'd been hearing more questions from local voters. Citizens had been bringing me information for quite some time about suspected fraud. You know, at first I'm vehemently questioning their claims because I'm saying, well, wait a minute, we have this in place, we have that in place. You know, how could that happen? So I'm running these things through my mind and 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 it just it just kept coming in. People kept kept meeting with me, emailing me, calling me. For me, the main thing as the clerk and recorder, as an elected official, is to listen. You know, I don't pretend to know everything, and I believe there are very, very smart people out there, and I need to listen to them. She's describing this to KREX TV host Logan Wilbur. Allegations Trump and his allies stirred up were fomenting here, even though they had not shown any proof. You know, I even had the GOP chairman come to me. He says, well, Trump won here, but not by as much as he should have. And I, and I kind of discounted it. I thought, you know, I mean, until the evidence mounts, Logan, you don't really start taking a look at something. You know, there's a saying, if it, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck, you know? And when you start seeing revelation and then constant 
reaffirmation of concerns, that's when it's my job to get involved. In a speech later, she explained why she wasn't afraid to take all this on. When you're a cancer survivor and you've gone through losing a 27-year-old son, there's not much people can do to you. Right? right? So when the people came to me and they said, can you help us find something? And I said, if you bring the information to me, I'll look at it. So even though there was no evidence, Peters was starting to feel uneasy with the voting system. Then the big turning point for her came after a local election held in April 2021. It was a Grand Junction city election. Peters expected the conservative candidates for city council would clean up, just as Republicans normally do in Mesa County. But in the city election, far-right conservatives lost. I, I just felt sick in my stomach. It was one of those moments when you, when the light bulb goes off and you say there's something wrong here. It's that gut feeling that something is not right. Grand Junction voters are bluer than the rest of Mesa County, so it's not too much of a surprise that moderate candidates won. But on top of concerns people were sharing with her, Peter started to believe that the elections she was overseeing had been corrupted. Back in 2020, I did believe that the um, that the elections were secure because I believed what was coming down from the Secretary of State. And um, it, it wasn't until the April uh, 6th municipal election, I said, there's no way, there's no way these people won. And at this moment, Peters was further convinced by a man she met from out of state. Wait, who is that guy? He's a former math teacher and science teacher from Ohio. His name is Douglas Frank. When he came to Grand Junction, he'd left his job and he was in the early stages of a years-long campaign, traveling around the U.S., trying to discredit the 2020 election. All right, who wants to hear about algorithms? He speaks at Trump events. Listen to him describe one piece of his so-called proof. He points out that voter rolls tend to increase in the months before an election. Even though there are other explanations for this, he tries to convince people it's a sign that someone is creating fake voters so they can manipulate the outcome. Here are your three biggest counties I'm showing as a percentage. This is one of the stops on his roadshow. In the YouTube video, he's talking to a few dozen people at a town hall in Washington state. So you notice that before the election, they inflate the voter rolls. This is before the 2012 election. They inflate the number of people in the rolls and they vote. And then after the election, they take them out. So he's saying this is definitely fraud. Isn't it pretty normal that more people would register to vote before an election? Well, yeah, there are registration drives and it is common for states to clean up their voter rolls after an election. Elections expert David Becker says Frank is one of several people who've really made a name for themselves and made money supporting Trump's assertions, even though there is no actual proof. They don't need to convince Americans that the losing candidate won. They just need to convince Americans that elections have no meaning and we never know who won. Frank brought his pitch to Grand Junction in spring 2021. And Peters asked her staff at the elections office to hear his presentation, too. There's things I can't unsee, Logan. I can't unsee it. So at that point, in spring 2021, 
the attack on the U.S. Capitol had failed. But there was still a movement falsely saying Trump was the real president. And Tina Peters saw an opening. The state was scheduling updates of elections equipment in every Colorado county. So let's explain that process. It's a routine thing to update software and get the computers ready for the next election. But Peter's worried that the state office spearheading this, which was led by a Democrat who was pretty political herself, would use this as an opportunity to wipe election data off the computers. As the update got closer, Peters and some of her confidants came up with an idea of what to do about it. What Peters did next is at the heart of the state criminal charges against her. She's the subject of an ongoing federal investigation about it, too. And it's all because she thought her election machines in Mesa County had evidence that she believed could be a blueprint for election tampering on a national scale and that the state was coming to destroy it. She really thought she could prove something big. And when you read the court documents, the details of what she and the people around her did just read right out of a movie script. Let's go through it. So first, you have to know that the process to update the software is called a trusted build. I'm going to use that term. A trusted build. okay. Essentially, what it is, is a small group of authorized people are scheduled to be in this room with the machines that count the votes. Employees from the state, from the election equipment company, in this case Dominion, and from Peter's office. So we're talking less than a handful of people. And this is a way to get counties ready for the next election. It's such a secure process that they have to get background checks to even be there. And in the weeks leading up to this trusted build in Mesa County, Peters decided to bring in someone else. She later explained this in a film called Selection Code. With all the suspicious activities going on, the Secretary of State asking for secrecy, barring anyone from any transparency into this trusted build. I commissioned someone to back up the people's election files. She first asked a local man named Gerald Wood to come to the office, and she told him she might hire him for some computer work. I was looking at it thinking I can help out my county and do a little work on the side, make a little extra money. Wood did an interview with CBS News after this all blew up. So Peter's office got a security badge made for Gerald Wood. And Wood told investigators that when he left that day, he gave the badge back to a staffer and that was it. He wasn't involved after that. So all of a sudden, Peter's had a security badge for a guy who didn't work there. And she used this badge to get Gerald Wood's name on the list of people allowed to come to that trusted build. This was the first step in Peter's plan. Step two, copy the hard drives from Mesa County's election equipment. Peters and his staffer went into the room where the election computers are kept, and they had the security cameras turned off. Was that illegal? No, it wasn't illegal at the time. It was just highly unusual for the cameras to be turned off. Staff said normally they are never off. Just a few days before the routine trusted build, on a Sunday, Peters used her badge to go into that secure room with all the election computers where the cameras were turned off, allegedly with at least one other person. And while she was in there, someone made a copy of the machine's hard drives. Someone? 
Investigators think there was a man with her. He was another person from the national level movement trying to overturn the election. His name is Conan Hayes. He's from California. He's an ex-professional surfer turned IT guy. And he's the person investigators believe ended up using Gerald Wood's security badge to go to the trusted build. So let me get this straight. Conan Hayes allegedly flew out from California, went to the Mesa County clerk's office after hours to make a copy of the hard drives before the trusted build. And then investigators say he went to the trusted build pretending to be a local man named Gerald Wood. Yes. Yep. You've got it. And and just remember, this was all because Peters feared the state would wipe away evidence of election interference during this trusted build. Peters explained what she did in that very sympathetic film that was made about her. This is my office. I'm an elected official. I can have whoever I want in the office as long as they're accompanied by someone with a uh, security check. There was a gentleman that stepped up, a member of the community, who passed all the necessary requirements, Gerald, whose card was used. This question of the security badge and who used it is central to the criminal case against Tina Peters, because one of the things she's charged with is identity theft. Okay, then what happened when this ex-surfer guy, Conan Hayes, was at the trusted build? They apparently took photos, including passwords, that later ended up on the internet. The fact that Hayes was there is really remarkable when you think about it. Imagine the scene. You have the people who build and maintain the election infrastructure from the state and the company who makes the voting machines, Dominion, standing in the same room with the person who represents the movement to try to prove American elections are a sham. Oh man, what a moment. And then did Peters have another copy of the hard drives made so they could make, you know, before and after comparison? Yes, exactly. Presumably to look for stuff that Peters thought would be erased nefariously? Right. When it comes to nearly all the facts of this case, Peters says, yes, that's what happened. She allowed someone to make a digital copy of the entire election hard drives, and she believes she was justified in doing so. But eventually, the information Peters arranged to be copied was out there in the world, made its way onto right-wing sites, including the Gateway Pundit, and caught the attention of Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. Our office became aware that there was a breach in security protocols at the Mesa County Clerk's Office regarding Mesa County's election components. Law enforcement searched Peter's office and her cell phones as they tried to piece together what happened. Footage, both video and photos, was posted online by a known conspiracy theorist showing the BIOS passwords for Mesa County's voting systems. That brings us back to the stage in South Dakota, the same month, August 2021. Just as Peters became the subject of an investigation, she was also a new darling of the movement to try to find evidence of a stolen election. Mesa County is on the uh, western slope of Colorado, and we are the last bastion of freedom in Colorado. Alongside her on that stage was Douglas Frank, the former math teacher. So what they do is they inflate the registration databases. This was where Mesa County's hard drive data ended up on the big screen. And a guy named Ron Watkins, 
who's suspected to be behind QAnon, interrupted. Uh, we have a problem. Uh, just, uh, my, lawyer, my lawyer just called me. When the time. conference ended, instead of coming back to Mesa County to address the allegations, Tina Peters ran away. She was whisked off by the MyPillow CEO, Mike Lindell, who's a huge Trump supporter. They went to what Peters referred to as a secure location. Back in Colorado, investigators, reporters, her own county commissioners, everyone wanted to talk to Peters, and she was nowhere to be found. Scott McGinnis was a Republican Mesa County commissioner. We had a clerk who disappeared. She was with the pillow guy back there on his stage, and this thing's dumped in our lap. She's not coming back. She's not cooperating. She's not participating. So we had to all of a sudden, what do you mean passwords got leaked out? What do you mean it's on a national thing? What's Dominion? Peter's actions baffled Mesa County officials. But for election doubters, she was becoming a hero. We love Tina! We love Tina! After a break, what Tina Peters and her allies did with the hard drives they copied They produced what they said was evidence of a stolen election. And the district attorney put it to the test. Plus, why did Peters go all in? I think honestly she felt out of 350 or 400 million people in this country that she's the one that could prove that Trump won the election. I'm Benta Berkland. And I'm Stina Sieg. The political blame games and bickering can be exhausting. But if you tune out, you can miss hearing about the powerful ways our elected representatives can shape our lives. I'm CPR Washington reporter Caitlin Kim. My job is to make sure you know about the important things Colorado's members of Congress do, the policies they advocate, the ones they oppose, and what it all means for you. Follow all our government reporting at CPR.org. Tina Peters' efforts to help the election denial movement led to national appearances and brought out her fan base in Mesa County. In summer of 2021, here in Grand Junction, I went to a rally for Peters. She wasn't there. She was in hiding. It was shortly after she learned she was under investigation. But more than 100 people were there, holding big American flags and homemade signs. Because I, th- I feel that there was definitely election fraud. The impact she's going to have for standing up is going to impact the entire country. We love Tina! 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 When Peters did return to Mesa County a few weeks later at a church, she got a hero's welcome. Peters told me in the early months of the criminal investigation that it was just a way to try to intimidate her to scare her. Her voice broke, and she got teary. I just, um, I love the people of Mason County, and I'll do whatever I can for them. At the church in Grand Junction, she asked for donations for her legal defense. Asking for money became a regular line when she'd speak in public or on podcasts. My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell produced a film about her. In it, you hear the weight they put on Mesa County and what Peters claims to have uncovered. The Mesa County uh, database and the information found there is the Rosetta Stone because we're able to use that to 
basically see what is happening in other states. Steve Bannon invited Peters on his podcast. She made an announcement. She was running for statewide office. Today I'm announcing I'm running for Colorado Secretary of State. Ma'am, it's an honor to know you. It's an honor to have you on the show. And it is an honor for the people in Colorado to have someone like you. Peter's bid for Secretary of State was short-lived. But big names in the Trump universe showed they needed her in their effort to win supporters. I came to Colorado today because you have here in Colorado the key to the whole nation. Peters went to Mar-a-Lago that spring, too. She had Michael Flynn encouraging her. Mike Lindell and General Flynn told me this. Be as loud and as visible as you can be. Tina Peters is an American hero. Okay, she's already an American hero. In her appearances, Peters has recited claims and questions she had about the way elections work, and she dropped dark hints about what she'd seen. Months after the hard drives were copied, Peters and her allies put out three reports. They're based on the copies of the election data. The first two reports are about potential vulnerabilities that this group believes exist in Mesa County's system. The third report claims to have a smoking gun, proof that actual votes were manipulated in the county. The evidence they present is around the counting of the votes. They claim the machines in Mesa County were programmed just before the presidential election and the city election the next spring to manipulate how votes were counted. Yes, and it would break the law if it were in fact true that votes had been faked. So Peter's report got the attention of Mesa County District Attorney Dan Rubenstein, who's a Republican. I believed it was appropriate and what my citizens would want to launch a criminal investigation based upon Clerk Peters saying, this is from the images I took and it proves voter fraud. This is big. An elected district attorney was taking seriously the stuff that Tina Peters and her group were putting forward as their best evidence of fraud. And what did he find? Well, as you learn about his investigation, you can see Peters' claims start to fall apart. First, Rubenstein's office talked to the two people who wrote the report. Neither of them would talk about it. So the two people who wrote up this big report citing what they called fraud in Mesa County's elections, they would not assist in an inquiry to see if it could be verified? Right. Peters also didn't cooperate with the DA to try to verify what was in this report. So how else did the district attorney's office check Peters' claims? His staff watched video footage of the ballots being counted. They talked to Dominion about their voting machines and examined the computer code Peter's report was questioning. Uh, Investigators created a test election environment to recreate actions and verify it would produce the code. The DA's office also interviewed the other people who'd been involved in counting the votes. And they found that Peter's group hadn't actually spoken to any of those people. Wow, so the DA could not find anyone who'd been asked about their experience working on the election. Right, and after all that, the DA said that actually, yes, there was a certain anomaly in the computer data. Peters and her allies did see something unusual on the hard drives. But the DA concluded from looking at the evidence that it was not fraud. 
It was actually just human error, an accident, committed by one of Tina Peters' allies in the election office. We find no evidence that it affected the election at all. In fact, the DA said he found extensive evidence that the fraud claims are, in fact, false. This is another way Peters is unusual in the election denial movement. She actually produced something she thought she could hang her claims on. But it sounds like she and her allies gave it their best shot to document what they saw wrong in the election data, and it fell flat. Yes, and the DA didn't just dismiss the claims like we've discussed. He used the power of his office to try to verify the biggest one. Other people, like Republican Mesa County Commissioner Cody Davis, also took it seriously. He was the one who'd originally asked Peters if they should do a hand count of the 2020 election. Davis read her reports and he talked to her about it and he walked away unconvinced. So at some point you're going to have to say, unless you guys bring me something new, unless something else arises, some actual evidence that rises to the level of fraud actually exists or is brought forward, we've got to move on. Peters and her election data are one piece of the claims that there was national fraud. Her claims were found to be erroneous. In Arizona, too, the state did a serious investigation led by a Republican into claims of fraud in that state. The result was the same as in Mesa County. Arizona found the election had been conducted fairly. In Georgia, another Republican investigation found the same thing. There have been many, many investigations. Three years into this, Peters and her associates haven't produced any credible proof of vote flipping, stuffed voter rolls, or election stealing, which makes what she did even more remarkable to someone like Matt Masterson. He's a former federal elections administrator who studies election security, and he's a Republican. Because it is so completely outside the norm, Democrats and Republicans across the United States, administer elections in a professional way uh, across 8,800 jurisdictions because they know that their job is, is to be protectors of democracy, of, of our system, of our elections. So did Tina Peters get swept up and used by people like Mike Lindell and Steve Bannon, who are pushing an agenda on a huge national stage? Or did she pursue this all on her own? We can't know for sure. Peters told me in 2022, while she was running for Secretary of State, I've lost a lot um, personally in this. I'm not going in to, to, for title or recognition or position. I'm going in to, to fix things. I'm going in to make, make it better and, to, um, and to, to bring Colorado back um, to the gold standard that they say it is. But other people watching this situation unfold say personal gain is exactly what's motivating people like Peters. David Becker founded a nonprofit that works with states to improve election administration. There are a variety of individuals whose entire livelihoods right now are based on these lives. There are individuals who the only way they make money to put food on their family's table is to weaken American democracy. This has become an economy. I mean, the former president himself has raised, we know, 
hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more, off of the election laws. Someone who's had a front seat in Mesa County is Scott McGinnis. He was a Republican commissioner who represented this part of Colorado in Congress. After the hard drives were leaked and Peters became a leading voice in election denialism, he was one of the people asking the question, why? Tina's the one on her fishing expedition, and in my opinion, I think honestly she felt out of 350 or 400 million people in this country that she's the one that could prove that Trump won the election. I truly think that Tina thought she could be like the pillow guy on the national stage and a national hero and get Trump put back in office. I mean, she is just focused, laser focused on that. And I think that's what drove her. Unfortunately, she's taking a lot of victims with her, good people that believe her. I asked him though, couldn't Peters have been a victim too of getting swept up in all of this? And McGinnis was firm. He said in his opinion, no. I think she really, really enjoys the attention. I really think she feels this was the this was the platform that she could propel herself to the national spotlight and be the national spokesman. Unfortunately, it's taken a lot of victims, not the least of which is Mesa County and the trust of the people in our election process here. Mesa County has paid a big price in terms of voters' trust and in terms of money. The Daily Sentinel newspaper estimated the county has paid more than a million dollars to clean up the mess Peters left in the elections office. They had to buy new computers, pay an election overseer, and overtime to staff. And they had to pay Peters while she was under investigation but not doing her job. The county is also still trying to win back doubters and restore trust with voters, racking up more costs along the way. In the fall 2021 local election, for example, they counted the ballots through the Dominion machines like normal. Then they recounted them all by hand to double check and try to assuage people's concerns that Peters had stirred up. That hand recount confirmed that the machines were accurate. For some voters, it wasn't enough. Stephanie Wenholtz works in the elections office Peters used to oversee. The main thing that I want people to understand that their community members are still coming out, making sure that the elections are safe, secure, and that they're still that they can believe in them. But she also worries that it's driven people away from elections entirely. One thing I have seen is a lot of people you know, either changing their party affiliation or withdrawing their registration because they are just tired. And that has been a result of this. She's afraid fewer people will vote. Matt Crane is the Republican who leads Colorado's County Clerks Association. He says the Republicans especially have to re-engage people with voting by pushing back on all the false claims of fraud. We're in this situation right now for two reasons. One, because of a lie, of a stolen election, which absolutely is a lie. The second, and probably as big a reason, is a failure of leadership for people who know the truth to stand up and speak the truth. And if we can't rely on our elected officials and our leaders to be able to do that, then we're in far more trouble than just in the election space.
going into 2024, elected officials have tried to make it harder to have a repeat scenario. The district attorney put the case to a grand jury. Those residents of Mesa County indicted Tina Peters on 10 counts, including seven felonies. But none of those charges are explicitly about handing over elections data to conspiracy theory folks. Because one thing people found when they started looking into this is that a lot of what she did wasn't illegal under Colorado law. Wait, really? Yes. And in 2022, county clerks from both parties got together with lawmakers at the state house. They essentially wrote the Tina Peters Prevention Act. Not actually called that, but it tries to make much of what Peters did illegal for those who run Colorado's elections. Steve Fenberg is the Democratic president of the state Senate. There are people that work within the election systems, especially at a local level, that um, potentially pose a threat. And we need to make sure we're doing everything we can that our election system is secure from outside forces as well as internal forces. With all that in place, Benta, could this happen again? If a clerk wanted to be a, quote, insider threat, they still have ways to do that, despite the safeguards the state put in place. Our election system relies on low-level but very powerful bureaucrats like Tina Peters, who can make decisions that stop our democracy in its tracks. Isn't it kind of surprising that this is all happening in a state that wasn't crucial to the 2020 election? And the state that normally gets talked about as having really well-run elections. That's right. Colorado has pioneered ways to make elections safe and secure and help people participate in voting. Turnout is generally high. Colorado uses all paper ballots and audits to make sure that those paper ballots match the tally of the machines. And Colorado wasn't in the same position as swing states like Georgia or Arizona. Biden won by a wide margin here. But this just shows that even a safe blue state is not immune from this type of controversy. As Tina Peters' trial date gets closer, a lot of people in Colorado and across the country are watching to see what will happen. She's charged with criminal impersonation and identity theft, violating her duties, and illegally influencing public servants. And there's one group paying especially close attention, the other clerks in Colorado. They were astonished at what she'd done. I don't think I've ever felt that level of betrayal, honestly, in my life before in my professional career. Then, you know, that was a gut punch, to be honest. That's Republican Weld County clerk Carly Coppice, who'd offered mentoring to Peters early on. Like Peters, Coppice is from a conservative part of Colorado. After the 2020 election, she's been threatened and blames the fact that clerks have become a target partly on people like Peters. I will say, in Mesa County, Tina Peters has lost a lot of support from people who were big believers in her early on. She still has a core group of backers, but where two years ago people were chanting her name, now her ideas are much more fringe. In a lot of ways, the political news cycles moved on from 2020. But David Becker says people doing this work, even beyond Colorado, they haven't been able to move on. One of the things I often see in the last few years is an exhaustion um, from election officials. 
they're tired of having to say repeatedly that the sky is blue. And yet they still do it every single day. And they don't get rewarded for it. They're not changing minds in most cases, but they're still going to stand up with integrity for a process that they know is secure. He predicts it'll take decades to fix the damage that's been done to Americans' confidence in elections. It's important for anyone who contributed to the election denial movement for them to be held accountable. This doesn't matter whether you're at the bottom of the pyramid or at the top of the pyramid. The country is focused on Trump's current presidential bid. But for those who care about the health of the nation's elections, what happened in Mesa County is still a pivotal case and a warning sign for 2024. That's it for this episode. Purplish is a production of member-supported Colorado Public Radio. Learn about becoming a member and join today at CPR.org. I'm Benta Berkland with my colleague, Stina Sieg. This episode was produced by Rachel Estabrook and Shane Rumsey and edited by Rachel Estabrook and Megan Verlee. We'll be back in your podcast feed soon. So if you're not already a subscriber, sign up to make sure you don't miss it. And if you're enjoying Purplish, please recommend us to your friends. This is Purplish from CPR News.